Shakti, good morning. Good morning. And those in the hub as well as in the sanctuary. Uh, yeah, before I forget, for hub people, you do not discontinue streaming until after the closing hymn, after the closing song. Okay, in case I forget, only after the closing song, before the benediction, then we cut off, as we usually say. I want to show you a retirement gift that was given to me on the final day of the Trinity Annual Conference. That was 22nd November. Can see now. This is the kind of sign they put outside the toilet when they say cleaning in progress, but this one says senior moment in progress. I think I can have a lot of use for it. And some of you, I suppose you want to borrow, I can hire out to you for a suitable donation in case you have need of it. Okay, let us pray. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Okay, this is the question that has been asked most often of me in the last few weeks. Why? Why are you retiring? So here goes. When I first got here, and I got appointed here five years ago, I saw the excellent work that Stanley Chua had done in his 12 years here at PIC, especially in the cell and prayer ministries and the growth of church membership. So I also realized that the next phase of EMKMC's development, uh, it needed a PIC with at least six to eight years runway. And I realized that I was not that person. It had to be someone younger and who could stay the course uh, for longer. In the meantime, there needed to be a transition phase, and I figured I could help out in that. And that's what I've been trying to do, uh, trying my best to do in these areas the last five years. Firstly, most crucially, to persuade the church leaders, especially, next slide, that our church was no longer a small church. With a membership of over 1,000, EMKMC had become a middle-sized church, and needed to operate as such. This is what one of my gurus, my heroes, uh, the late Lal Shala, expert in church organization, wrote. There is a tendency for members of the mid-sized church to see itself as a small church, to engage in counterproductive behavior. And so the best response to this situation is the admonition, act your size, act your size. So I hope uh, we have made some progress in this consciousness, especially the leaders uh, and AMKMC, no longer a small church, now mid-sized, and we must act our size. To use an illustration, that's why I didn't allow Liam Kai to leave during the sermon because I told him I'm going to need to use you as an illustration. <laughs> Although uh, since I first knew him in Trinity Theological College in 1979. His chest has slipped a bit. It's called a lapsed chest and fallen around his waist. He used to be skinnier than Colin. Can you imagine? He used to be skinny. Right around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that with the most humble pride. Uh, he used to be so skinny. And you can see that he and I are different size categories, right? Do I need to explain that? No. Now, so... I can threaten people and say, don't mess with me. Eh? If I sit on you, I guarantee you'll be depressed. <laughs> Physically and literally. If he says that, you say, so what? <laughs> so, act your size. Uh, some things us bigger people can do, right? Huh? 
that skinny fellows cannot do. That's right. Yeah. So act your size. And this is what EMKMC is called to do. Now middle-sized. Secondly, to increase the COSC, uh, Christian Outreach Social Concerns, footprint. Here, to cut a long story short, we established the SAC, Seniors Activity Centre at Tegi, with the MWS, Methodist Welfare Services, to add to the other outreach programmes. <clears throat> For example, tuition and uh, love our neighbour. Thirdly, the office and staff. Here we tried to recruit staff that will help see us through into the next phase. Now this is the most difficult part because staff transitions will always occur. So continue to pray for the staff and the ongoing recruitment for change uh, that requires change and development. And third, and one, two, three, four. Four or, yeah, the ANA project. This is my third on-site ANA project in churches that I've been appointed to. So, though I feel bad not seeing the ANA through or PIC, I made a promise to continue to help informally <coughs> until its completion, uh, hopefully, first third of next year. Mainly in the technical issues, issues so I will attend site meetings, for example. Um, so, looking forward... And the future seems uh, good, and there's much room for optimism. Uh, by the way, there's the, you know, MRT is coming up, right? MRT station, five minutes. Uh, when is it supposed to be? 2019? 2019, huh? Next year. So then there's new housing coming up, and so there's plenty of opportunity for ministry and for growth. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know by what uh, accident. I'll be working till the last second, you know. Because I, my first day of retirement is 1st January 2019. I work until midnight plus <laughs> tomorrow for the watch night service. So you guys are slave drivers. <laughs> but then I will officially retire. So you want to come and see a handover, you come tomorrow at midnight. When the midnight hour, you know, we will hand over. So those are the institutional reasons for my retirement. There are some personal reasons. I guess after 36 years as a track pastor, it's okay to call time. It's better to do it now than to go beyond your use-by date. I've seen other pastors go beyond their use-by date and uh, doesn't look nice. Okay? And I don't want to be guilty of, being, of doing the same offense. Besides, uh, my dad is now 92 years old and my mom 88, and so I think this will enable me to make myself a bit more available to them also. So, are there mixed feelings? Yeah, of course. Ah. 36 years you've been doing this, more than 36 years you've been doing this. Of course, there are mixed feelings, but uh, it's impossible not to feel anything. Next question, what are you going to do? Well, simple answer. After retirement, I am going to retire. I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, it's difficult to explain, but it's something I'm determined to do. Okay? So that this is a real retirement, not fake news. Uh, okay, la, that will be fake news, la, but never mind. Okay. So as a retired Methodist minister, I'm required to be attached to, the, to a local conference, and uh, it will be EMKMC. Uh, you probably will not see me the first couple of months, at least, uh, because the new guy got to take over properly. But eventually, I figure we might end up attending 5 p.m. here, uh, tentatively. And uh, 
I've also plans uh, because of great undue psychological pressure uh, to second half teach maybe a Bible study. Uh, so you can plan for that if you think that's a good idea. So there, I hope, I hope I've answered some or even most of your questions. And of course, there are many other mostly personal reasons, but I think there's enough said for now. So do give Anthony your support and prayers as he, uh, he got to help him and have mercy on his soul. Um, takes over as BIC. Uh, for those who think, and this has been said, so I, I don't mind saying, he, is he not too young? Um, you know how old he is? Uh, you think he looks like 16 years old, 18 years old, right? Or 25. <clears throat> how old is he? 37. Okay? When I first became PIC at Trinity Methodist Church, 1 August 1986, I was 31 years old. And was OMO for five years. Of course, the context is different and all that, but not so bad. Lah, okay? Someone's got to start somewhere, so please give him your uh, support and uh, help him in his task. It is not easy being a PIC. I've been a PIC over 30 years, and that's the best reason for retiring after 30 years. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's just the introduction, by the way, to the sermon. Now the real sermon starts. <laughs> and the sermon is about full-time ministry. Remember, I am committed or promised to preach at least once a year. And recently, I read a testimony in the Wesley Church newsletter. The pastoral team member there called Elvina shared her calling to full-time ministry and partly blamed me. So, when I was at PIC at Westy, she already had joined uh, the admin staff. She was already part of the admin staff. And she says in her testimony, she had been struggling with the call to full-time. So I'm going to quote her uh, now. She says, I received the final call uh, on 4th May 2014. As I was on leave, I visited AMKMC. Um, that means hub, because she lives in Amokyo and on leave she goes to the hub. And Reverend Melvin Huang was sharing from Isaiah 6. It was his yearly full-time calling sermon. Challenged us to surrender our ambition to God and asked if we had answered the call. That morning, I surrendered my ambition to God. So subsequently, she enrolled in Singapore Bible College for the Master of Arts in Intercultural Studies after graduation, she rejoined Wesley's staff as pastoral team member for discipleship and nurture. By the way, <clears throat> she, she sneaked into the 8 a.m. service just now. I didn't know that. Oh, so I pointed her out. Only at the end of the service, she said hello to me. Uh, so she heard me talking about her. <laughs> but I suppose it was uh, quite good lah, since it is at AMKMC where she received the final part of her call. So let's listen to the scripture for today. This is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 13, um, verses 1 to 3. This is one of the quintessential callings scripture passages. Will you now hear the word of God? From the book of Acts, Luke records, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Today I just want to make one point, especially for those who already have been called or are struggling with the call. I'm just going to turn the screw a bit and uh, make it worse for you. Okay? Just one point to make. God's calling comes in two parts, as the sermon title says. Come in two parts. First part is the call, the setting apart. The second part is the work, the work to which we are called. These are the two parts. For most of us, <clears throat> especially those who have already answered the call, we only focus on the first part, the fact that we have been set apart or called. But the second part is equally important, that is the work. For Saul or Paul and Barnabas, the work was to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And they were quite successful. But then we read in Acts 15, they began to disagree. And so the partnership fell apart. And Paul then worked with Silas and Timothy. And since, and you know, as the French say, plus ça change, uh, or to put it in English, the more things change, the more they remain the same. In 2,000 years of church ministry, this has been happening where Christians have disagreed uh, with one another about the work. And so, when those who are called fail to understand the work to which God has called them, there will be problems. For example, it seems to me that some of our, some uh, called to time feel or think they are called to much greater things than what God has actually called them to. Say this again. Huh? There are some who are called who think they are called to actually much greater things than God has actually called them to. You know, in the parable of the talents, Jesus talked about the distribution, the proportion ratio of the talents. What are the, the ratios? What are the numbers? Five to one, huh? This is not the gang in Chinatown, huh? It's just five talents, two talents, one talent. Okay, I'll let you off this time. I won't. It seems to me that for most of us called to full-time ministry, we are part of what I call the two-talent team, the TTT, or the, if you want to add the the, then it's the TTTT, the two-talent team. There are very few five-talent people in church history. You look back, you may think of Paul, the Apostle, John, Augustine, John Calvin, John Wesley, a lot of Johns are... Uh, and more modern, we have Billy Graham, perhaps. Most of us are the two-talent people, or one talent. The problem comes when we feel that God has somehow made a mistake, and he handed out the, when he handed out talents, and somehow we got shortchanged. Then we should be the five-talent person instead of the two or the one. This is why I suppose the one-talent person is, uh, has the tendency to bury that one talent with severe consequences. So, when we fail to understand <clears throat> the second part, the work, to, the work to which we are called, especially when we think, God forbid, that we are God's gift to the church, why can't people see that? Then, the work that is the second part of the calling, we will fail. And this has happened again and again and again in the history of the church. I must assure you that God does not make mistakes in this matter. When He calls us, the setting apart, 
He will also assign the work to which He calls us. Our responsibility is to discern the work, accept it, and serve faithfully there. For those who are not, or for those of us who are not called in this way to full-time ministry, you need to pray for those called to full-time ministry that they recognize the work to which they are called. They don't make a misdiagnosis and then end up <clears throat> with failure and regret. And I pray that in these 36 years, I have been able to do this, to answer the call as well as to do the work. Now, someone has... It was not my idea to uh, put in this write-up uh, uh, in the order of service, but it does accurately reflect what I have been doing uh, in the Methodist Church for the last 36-plus years. This was used at the track closing service as part of the retirement recognition for track pastors. And I thank my PIC partner in crime, Kim, for kindly writing that when I asked him for that purpose. Uh, he and his family now are in somewhere in Japan, uh, trying to ski. I hope he comes back safely. <clears throat> I just want to share with you that my calling, setting apart, has been to be a Methodist track pastor. The work to which I've been called <clears throat> has involved two talents, two basic giftings, if you um, you want to call it that. God has given me two main giftings, not pastoral care. I think some of you who know me understand that. But in teaching and in leadership and administration. These are my two basic giftings. And these are the areas I've tried my best to serve faithfully in the Methodist Church. Have I succeeded? A bit. Have I failed? Lots. But in the end, in saying attributed to Mother Teresa, God did not call me to be successful. He just called me to be faithful. That's the end of the sermon. Because this is who we are. This is what we do. Make it so. And therefore, that's also the reason why we are going to sing the closing song. Because, um, I'll tell you the reason for this closing song. My calling to full-time ministry was also in two parts. The first part was in 1972, Singapore Keswick Convention, Conference Hall, Have You Given to God Your Ambition? Our speaker, Zach Poonen, Zachariah Poonen. The second part, National Theatre, Keswick Convention, 1973, speaker Major Yen Thomas, probably Salvation Army, I think, asking us to commit ourselves to whatever God was calling us to. Since there are many young people here, this is uh, what I extra I didn't put at the 8 a.m. service. Huh? As we sing that song that was sung that day, channels only, would you, in your heart at least, make that one step of saying to God, yeah, whatever you commit, whatever uh, you have, I commit myself to whatever you have called me to. Could not, maybe not full-time ministry, yeah? but whatever it is, I make that commitment at the uh, younger side of my life. Not too late for the older folks. Yeah? If you've never done such a thing, it's a good time to try and say, I also make that commitment. Whatever you call me to, I make. Because the song says, channels only. I'm not promoting Starhub or Singtel. Uh, this is the Christian channel. And we are nothing but channels of God's Power. Without his power, we are just hollow tube. But with God's power, we can be channels of great things 
uh, in God's ministry. In the United Methodist Book of Worship, there's a ritual provided for a farewell to the pastor. In fact, when Anthony left for studies, he used this as well. So I think it's suitable for us to do it today. So can you flash that one up? The ritual for farewell to pastor. Okay. And uh, can you stand for that, this part? And then respond accordingly. All right. Uh, okay, guys, I thank you the members and friends of Ang Mokyo Methodist Church, for the love and support that you have shown me while I have ministered among you. I'm grateful for the ways my leadership has been accepted. I ask forgiveness for the mistakes I've made, and as I leave, I carry with me all that I have learned here. Your turn. We receive, receive your, your thankfulness, offer forgiveness, and accept that you now leave to retire. retire. We express our gratitude for your time among us. We ask your forgiveness for our mistakes. Your influence on our faith and faithfulness will not leave us with your departure. I accept your gratitude and forgiveness and I forgive you, trusting that our time together and our parting are pleasing to God. I release you from turning to me and depending on me, encourage you, uh, encourage your continuing ministry here and we'll pray for you and your new pastor, uh, not your new pastors, for your new pastor in charge and for your pastors, Reverend Anthony Lee, Reverend Liam Kai, Reverend Jiang Mingxun and Pastor Colin C. So let us pray together. Eternal God, whose steadfast love for us is from everlasting to everlasting, we give you thanks for cherished memories and commend one another into your care as we move in new directions. Keep us one in your love forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.